You're now listening to We Might Need Counseling. Welcome to another episode of We Might Need Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Dougie Cash. And today we have a very special guest, an Oscar-nominated guest. And we this is the first. We have Zaria Simone from Oscar-nominated Short Two Distant Strangers. So, Thank you. Thank you, Dougie. Nice to Absolutely. see you. Thank you for joining us. I haven't seen you in what feels like years. So first of all, what have you been doing to stay sane during the pandemic? Because we know what you've been doing to keep busy. Right. I think to stay sane has been keeping busy. I've, you know, I've been working with the short since the beginning of the pandemic. I wrote a book called We Got a Lot to Be Mad About, which has a collection of my poems. And that keeps me sane and grounded. And I've been finding reasons to laugh. So, so I don't know that. So you also write poetry. I do. Yeah. So I actually started writing in like high school. I did it as a form of therapy and release and it just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is that something that, because you say you just released a book and I hate to just dive right in. But you said, so did you do, was it sort of an independent book that you sort of put together and then just sort of released on uh, Amazon, I'm assuming? Like, like, talk, tell me about that. Yeah, actually, I, I actually released it first on Blurb. So then I, I was in charge of the printing. I was in charge of the formatting. I was in charge of all of it. So it was definitely a very hands-on approach. And then to be able to give it to a wider audience. I put it on Amazon, but yeah, it's a collection of poems all centered around the George Floyd protests and what happened with Ahmaud Aubrey and basically the civil rights movement of 2020, which we were a part of. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I have, a, that's actually how the podcast sort of came about. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, that's on a quick tangent, but after the, the murder of George Floyd and then you saw Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, I think what I started to do, because we were trapped in a house, I would ha- host a series of Zooms where I would have celebrity friends of mine or industry executives, you know, we would do these large Zoom meetings and we would just have conversations about what was going on because we saw the most diverse protests in, I think, American history that was tied to sort of the Black struggle, if you will. Right. And these things went from what was intended to be 30-minute conversations to two, three-hour <laughs> wow. And then, you know, so that's sort of what, that what birthed the podcast. But wait, I don't want to talk about me. First I do. I want to talk about the title. I think it's such a great title. We oh. Might <laughs> Counseling. I think that's yeah. genius because I, I believe that everyone should be able to have someone to talk to because our minds are just as important as our bodies to keep healthy. So we no, all I, might I love it. <laughs> yeah, so in some way, in some weird way, this is therapeutic. Every time, you know, I learn something new each episode. But wait, I want to start. So Zaria uh, starred in Two Distant Strangers, which was written by Tavon Free, directed by Mark, uh, Martin Desmond Rowe. It follows Carter James, who's played by rapper Joey Badass, who wakes up after a first date and he is caught in a time loop that he keeps continually gets murdered. And what the film does, I think it is a brilliant exploration into the Black experience and interactions between police. And I think it follows the iconic Groundhog's Day model where every time he's killed, he wakes up and he tries a new way to survive this interaction with this police officer simply to get home to his dog. I thought the film was brilliant. And, you know, when I saw Zaria in this, I was like, wait a minute, you know, because it's sort of... (laughs) (laughs) And 
And I want to give you praise because I think one of the things, you know, at Soho House, well, first of all, let's start there. You used to work at Soho House, right? How long were you working there for? I worked there for a little over a year. Okay. And throughout that time, you were auditioning because I had no clue you were an actress. Oh, wow. Yes. I was. Yes, I I was I was busting my booty there. I was like switching shifts just so I could make auditions. And sometimes I would work all the way from six o'clock to two AM and then have to get back there by seven ish to be able to open it. And so it was really a humbling experience to know that like I was working as hard as I was working. In in hindsight, it seems a lot harder to talk about because I was like, wow, I was studying scripts. I was studying plays. I was auditioning. And then I was doing crazy shifts at this place. And so I think when you're in the midst of the storm, you don't realize that it's hard, but yeah, that that was pretty hard. <laughs> no, I, oh, I can imagine, especially that atmosphere there, but I don't, I won't dive into that. Where are you from? So I actually was born here. I was born Cedar Sinai up the road and I moved to the outside of Chicago when I was about eight because my mom got married and decided snow was fun. I decided <laughs> snow was not fun and we moved back to San Diego for college and then just had to tell it. I finished college as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. I did an international business major. I'm like wow. telling you my whole life. <laughs> no, no, hey, look, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I did an international business major with an emphasis in French. It's a five-year major, and I did it in three and a half because I was like, I need to go follow my dreams. And yeah, so I just got out of there and I got into what I've always loved doing. No, I think that I just want to put a pin in that because I think that's very, very important for, you know, because I have siblings who currently pursue the arts and acting. And I think one of the things that you said that I want to make sure we highlight is you went to college first. You got your degree and now you're pursuing your dreams, but not only are you pursuing, you are living them because you're Oscar nominated. So I got to clap for that. And a lot of times I tell people, in order to do what you want to do, you have Mm -hmm. to do what you have to do. Right. Right. And you have to secure that, that, that because education is the most important. Okay. So you graduated college and then you started to pursue acting. Now, was this your first cast in a project or like, what are some things that you did prior? No, actually I've always loved acting. My uncle Bentley Kyle Evans really infected me with the acting bug and the entertainment bug. He was in In Living Color. Mm-hmm. He wrote on the Martin show. He created the Jamie Foxx show. So when I was like a little girl and people would be like, those dreams are too big. I'd be like, my uncle could do it. So (laughs) Wait, who um, did your uncle was? I'm so sorry. Bentley Kyle Evans. You know, it's funny. We have, I can't, okay. This is breaking, Uh, breaking news, breaking news. So we had a television show in development with Bentley. Wow. Yes, I didn't know that was your uncle. Hold on, look at that. (laughs) But I can't go any much farther. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, so. I uh, I did plays and then I did a lot of dramatic interpretation in high school. And so I've kind of always found it or it's always found me. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out to L.A., my first big gig was Blackish. So I wow. acted across from Lawrence Fishburne and I was like, wow. And I documented the whole thing, you know. <laughs> and then I also did Dad Stop Embarrassing Me recently, which was a lot of fun working with Jamie Foxx. And it was also very full circle. 
Mm-hmm. With your uncle, because if I'm not mistaken, he's the showrunner. Yeah. So the funny story behind that is I had auditions for it before he became the showrunner. And I had no idea that there was something happening behind the scenes. Perhaps things were changing mm-hmm. higher up. And so I sent in my audition and then I found out I was in the running. Mm-hmm. And shortly after I found out, oh, my uncle's getting the job. And I was so mm-hmm. excited. I didn't call him. So I was like, I don't want anyone to tip any scale. I just want it on my merit. And my aunt called me right after I found out that I got it. And she goes, Zaria, guess what? Your uncle didn't even tell Jamie who you were. And he's watching all the videos and he watched you and he goes, yeah, I, I think I like her. I think we'll go with her. And my uncle goes, do you know who that is? That's Margot's daughter. And he used to like go out with my mom and party with all of them together. So it was so funny, like how full circle it all became. Hey, look, I want to say this. I think that's fan. And by the way, I didn't watch the entire series just yet, but I did see the pilot. You are in the pilot. Now, are you yeah. in some of the other episodes also? So I was planned to be in the other episodes, but the way everything shifted when my uncle Bentley Kyle Evans took over the show and was kind of making it his own, that role kind of changed. So she has a, a big splash in, in episode one. And then it just sure does. <laughs> <laughs> it is a memorable. It's uh, a memorable uh, little spot. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's very, very funny. No, what I wanted to say was, I think a lot of times, like, I think it's admirable that, you know, you want to get on your own merit, but you know what? Nepotism is not bad sometimes. And you know, we work really hard to get in certain positions. And if we can open the door, as long as you're putting the work in, because you still got to put the work in, open the door. But if you don't walk through it, nothing's going to materialize. I totally agree with that. And, you know, the truth is, is I said from the beginning, like I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for my uncle showing me and forging a path and showing me that it was possible. You know what I mean? So I totally believe that. I, I, I think maybe it was just my actor ego that was excited that he picked me without. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I know I earned this, right? Uncle. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. So, so now let's talk about Two Distant Strangers, which is actually the front runner for the Oscar. So what I'm seeing online is between you guys and Feeling Through. Yeah. And funny enough, Feeling Through is also a phenomenal film. And ironically enough, the star of it, Stephen Prescott, I also know. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So Stephen Prescott, he is an actor and he was in an organization in New York called City Kids. And oh. he got a lot of notoriety and press. I believe it was Prince Harry who came and, and, and went to City Kids. And he, I think it was like a one-man play he was doing. Oh. And it blew up. It was all over the place. So I'm randomly watching the Oscar things as I do every year. I'm like, Steven? So it's just so random. Like, you know, this could happen to two more phenomenal people. So oh, it's very exciting. You. But yes, you guys are the front runners. How does that feel? Surreal. I think that I am so, cl- it's almost, I was explaining it, like almost being really close to or I can say this, right? So we live on earth. We know earth. We know that there are trees and there's water somewhere. But if you go in space, you can see the world. Mm -hmm. So I very much feel like I'm on earth here. But I know that the child that lives within me, the Zarya, that like every time I put it in that perspective, when I think about my dreams as early as like four, Mm -hmm. I think that she would just cry. She wouldn't even be able to get through this week. She would just cry tears of joy. <laughs> right. Now I can imagine because a lot of 
people dream of just making, you know, I want to get cast in this. So you're actually a part of an Oscar nominated project. That's not a short feat. So hold on. I wanna Thank you. Thank you for that because that, this I mean, is that the best happen. podcast to be on right before the day. This right. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 I know that the awards, there are some people that are actually physically going, but then I think for the most part it's online. Are you actually attending the ceremony? I'm attending, yes. Okay. So I'm um, going as, yeah, I'm going as Trayvon State and I'm also going as the lead in the, yeah. in the movie. So it's like, it's two amazing roles. <laughs> what has this part. week been like? And, and, and by the way, thank you for squeezing our little podcast in. So I'm sure you're doing, are you doing a lot of press right now? Like, tell me, what has like this week been like? It's been go, go, go. I have been doing a lot of press and thank you for having me. It's It's genuinely a joy to talk to you about this. But yeah, I've been getting my nails done and my eyebrows done. This is the most done up I've ever been for the whole pandemic. <laughs> Maybe my life, actually. Right. So it's really nice. It's really exciting. My brother, actually, he, he came in town to celebrate mm-hmm. and he was getting an outfit and he was in Florida and he told them, you know, my sister, she's going to the Oscars. And they knew about two distant strangers. So it was such an amazing moment to have them all the way in Florida be like, oh, wow, that's so exciting. That's your sister. So it makes me feel good to make my family proud, especially my, my brother. So. It's like the one time that a family member claims you. It's like, oh, now I'm your sister. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was the annoying little sister all throughout. <laughs> I'll give them that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's, it's nice. It's been lots of, beautiful press opportunities where I get to talk about the crux of what Two Distant Strangers is, which is such an honor for me, but it's definitely difficult, right? Because it's not easy to talk about it, especially while it's happening in real time. So. Yeah. And I want to dive into that. Let's segue into that. Now, was this hard for you guys to sort of get into the character of sort of what was going on, because it's very timely, right? You have the, the, the George Floyd trial, you have all of these things that are happening with, you know, that, that it's like worldwide news, right? About a lot of these people that we mentioned prior, uh, prior that were being, you know, shot down at the hands of police. Like, how, like, tell me, what was it like on set? Like just getting into character to do this? It's funny because you said, was it hard getting into character? And the truth is that's such a, good question because it was too easy getting into this character. It was too easy to imagine what it would feel like because it's something that I think about more often than I'd like to. It was hard in the ways of putting yourself there in the movie and, you know, the home invasion scene, putting myself in a position to really let that feeling touch me, right? Because we kind of have a barrier and a a lot with my acting, I find that when I can break that barrier down, I can step into the shoes of my character. But to break that barrier down was also the barrier that kept me safe from really rationalizing how real this problem is and how random it can be and how devastating it is. So taking down that wall was hard, but it felt like an emotional sacrifice for the people that had sacrificed, well, not sacrificed their lives, had been murdered. (laughs) I don't believe that they are sacrificial. I think that they were stolen. Mm. And so that was 
very hard and everyone on set knew how heavy those moments were and treated them with care and treated every moment with respect. It was a very diverse set, but it wasn't all all black, but it felt like we were all connected. It felt like if we all put our hands out, we were all holding our hands and we were all going into the fire together. So I remember the first death that Carter experiences in the movie. I was actually in Video Village. And so Video Village is when you're like behind the screens and you're watching what's going on. And as he was on the floor, I remember looking around and every black person behind the scenes just couldn't look and were shaking their heads. And it was like they were reliving. I get chills just thinking about that moment. And there was like they were reliving the trauma that America feeds us. And the people that weren't black were just watching in awe. And it was very poignant for everyone that moment. Oh, I can imagine, you know, that from that first scene and then even, I don't want to ruin the film. And right. by the way, for those who haven't seen it, Two Distant Strangers is available on Netflix. I don't want to ruin it, but there were, there were certain moments. And I thought that was what was so prolific and creatively brilliant about it is, is you know, you have a moment where he actually tries to befriend this, this cop. They actually do a ride along, right? He just drives him home. And then when he gets home, you think he's going to safely walk into the house and then something, I don't want to give it away. But now have you yourself ever had tumultuous or, or negative interactions with police? Before I answer that question, I also want to honor the fact that what you just said about what happened in the movie mm-hmm. has just happened to someone in real life recently. I don't know if you saw a new story, but the cop took him home and then shot him after he took him home in real life. Wow, I, I didn't hear that one. No. Wow. I have to look that up. Yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking how real the movie is. It's heartbreaking. And me personally, my dad was a cop for a little bit before he became a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so he would tell us stories about being on the force. And he told us that it was because of those stories that inspired him to go for his law degree for criminal justice to represent the quote unquote criminals. So he would tell us stories. I remember one, was two. Both of them are gruesome, but one is more gruesome than the other. So I'll, I'll say the first one. Uh-oh. So he said that accidentally one of the cops was recording somehow and they tased a man and were taking turns tasing him. And then they were joking about it back at the station. Oh, I tased him. How many, how many times do you get him? Calling him the N-word. Oh, I got him this many times. Oh, I didn't even get, even get to get in there. And it was a it was a joke and it was a game. And I was a kid when he told me this story. I was probably 12, I don't remember. But yeah, and I guess the more gruesome story that I won't get into detail was a sexual assault story that he told me about a woman. So it's some crossover about who he was representing versus the stories on the force, but it's it's unfortunate the culture of it. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to spend. First of all, kudos to your father. You know, ironically, he went from policing the streets and locking people up to now defending. Uh, yeah. the, because a lot, I think a lot of times in society we have a way of demonizing criminals or people who do bad deeds, and sometimes people are victims of their circumstances. Right? Not in every case, 
But uh, I also don't want to demonize all police because it's never the whole entity, although they, I know they're getting a bad rap. But I, I do believe what's happening right now is long overdue. And, yeah. you know, to your point, I believe George Floyd was, I don't want to say a sacrificial, but I believe that his untimely death, a lot of good is going to come from it. So rest in peace to George Floyd and everyone else who has lost their lives. Okay, but let's talk about the film again. <laughs> so how did you get that audition and what was that process like? That process is really funny. So Trayvon Free, who's a co-director and writer, mm-hmm. he actually is also my partner. And so he wrote it and I was the first person that he he gave it to just to read. Mm-hmm. And I just like walked around all the time and I was doing notes on the script and I was just like, you know what? I would never ask for anything but I'm going to be ready just in case because COVID was happening. You might need an understudy. (laughs) And then then it's funny because he does all of my self tapes and he like practices with me when I'm workshopping a role. And I was just sitting one day and I heard him on the phone with my manager and I found out I got the role that way. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, you've been walking around the script for like weeks. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, I didn't know. I was just hoping. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really, really, really great. And not only that, let's talk about some of the big names that are behind us. Jesse Williams, Sean Holmes, Lawrence Bender, who, you know, has a plethora of Oscar wins himself and and a a long story, I want to say iconic career producing Terrence J. Like, how does that feel to have so many huge names behind this project? It feels wonderful, but also because it feels like we really just are on the same page with something that's really important. Obviously this movie, I'm grateful to be in this movie as an actor. I'm grateful to be able to stretch my muscles and, and work my craft and to be championed by, you know, Adam McKay, Jesse Williams, Lawrence Bender, Diddy. Like it's just, it's really surreal, but most of all, It's just a beautiful thing when people come together and agree. And it's even more beautiful when people come together and agree on art that's saying something so profound, you know? The film came at the the perfect, it was like the perfect culmination of everything happening within society. And so I want to first say congratulations because you guys are going to win. So I want to make sure I'm the first. Oh, Now, does this spoil you a little bit? Like, does this sort of change the the trajectory of your career? Like, you're doing Oscar nominators. Are you now? Are you looking for projects that are more prestige, or do you want to do more things like that? Stop embarrassing me. Like, like where (laughs) is your career going? This is a hell of a launching pad. I do want to say that. (laughs) I hope it spoils me. No, um, I'm in love with art. I have always been in love with art. I write poems. I write songs. I love music. I dance, but with closed doors. (laughs) (laughs) But I love art. I'd love to keep doing things that speak to me. And I'd love to be celebrated by my peers and the Academy, which is like explosion in my brain. So I can only hope that I I continue on the trajectory of doing things that mean a lot to me and with people that are just phenomenal to work with, you know? Yeah. So who are some of your favorite actresses? Like who who are some people that you you look up to that if you can emulate their career, but in your own way, who are some of those people? 
man, that's, that's a hard question. I'm really enamored. I mean, the obvious ones are Issa Rae, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Emerald Fennell. Now I'm listening to all girls because you know, you gave me that opportunity. (laughs) But I think if I had to narrow it down to one person, and I'm just speaking this into existence (laughs) as well as, as believing it for myself, is Michaela Cole is such a genius in not only her delivery, not only in her writing, not only in her directing, not only in her acting, but also in advocating for herself and also for knowing her worth, for knowing, no, I'm going to own these things, you know, which is a big part of, of art is ownership. And so a lot of the times we're made to sacrifice that and we're made to give that up. And especially with- I made um, for you. I may destroy you, duh. You know what? That's actually, and that's a tragedy. I should, you know, backhand myself because that's on, I know that that's one of the shows that people said got snubbed more recently and it's on my to watch list. You have have to watch it. Yeah. She's brilliant. It is so thoughtful Mm -hmm. and it is so, it's groundbreaking. Really it is. Promising Young Woman did a great job of it, of some of the similar content in in the movie. But what Michaela Cole does in that series has literally opened the floodgates for people in my life to explain things that's happened to them. So that is so moving to me. And that is so inspiring to me. And yeah, I just, I think she's a boss and she's a dark skinned black woman just doing it. So I'm just so, I'm like her, I'm like a big fan of her. And look at you dropping gems because one of the most important things you said that we don't preach enough of is ownership. Mm-hmm. Own the material you create and have it because that can turn into a generational money, right? With licensing out, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's really smart. So what do you have going on next? Like what, what are some next projects that, that you can speak on? We don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> that's exactly uh, what, what I was going to say. I, I can't speak on it, but I have some really exciting things coming up. And I'll be happy to be back on here when I do. Right. You'll have me. <laughs> right. No, no. Look, anytime, if I can see your name in, in you know, Deadline or, or Variety or whatever, like, I think it's really, really exciting. Now, let's talk about the Oscars itself, right? Have you seen some of the films that were nominated for Best Picture? Or, yes. Okay. What were, some, what were some of your favorites? I loved Minari. Okay. I loved Judas and the Black Messiah. Man, if I don't mention all of them, do I get in trouble? Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do the politically thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I say it. You make it a joke, and then it's, and then it's totally fine. Right. Yeah, I, I'd say, what were the other ones nominated? It's Judas. No, it's Nomadland. Nomadland. Uh, Promising Young Woman. Minari. Mank. Mank, yeah. Uh, so I think there's one more I'm missing. But I will say this, like to you, like what what do you feel? Because right now, Nomadland is is they're they're saying that's the front runner. I have my thoughts on it, right? What film would you like to see win Best Picture? Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, how is that <laughs> yeah. going to pick anything else? Right. I, I feel like I'm always, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black. Like, how right. can I not? And right. it's a genius movie. Lakeith, what Lakeith does in that role still the show. Phenomenal, mm-hmm. and also, I mean. Uh, Daniel is like, mm-hmm. uh, well, Lakeith is like that too, but it was just, it was inspiring to see him take on a role that was so not what he stands for. And so against 
what he actually believes. So yeah, that would, and he's just genius. That was that was a genius movie. Yeah, and they they actually said that you know even while filming, he struggled. There were a lot of days on set where he struggled because you know he played a role. There's something that he just so not in real life, right? Like as, yeah. as far as someone's character, and I, I concur. Like I think he stole the show. I think he was like glue and that entire cast was great but i feel like lakeith just stole the show like he made that film it was it was fantastic and props to dominique fishback she was amazing as well yeah it was very entertaining to watch and and very honestly sadly timely (laughs) no no absolutely now let's talk about best actress I believe they say Carrie Mulligan is the front runner for promising young woman which in my opinion she was incredible in that film Mm-hmm. But have you had the opportunity to see Lee Daniels' Billie Holiday film? Yes. Oh, Andre Day, what she did with that was amazing. I was blown oh. away. Right? Oh I was blown away. And oh she did God. win the Golden Globe, if I'm not mistaken. Who do you hope to see win that one? Honestly, I was never a sports person. So, like, my true answer is, like, I wish everyone could win. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I know, that's, that's genuinely like my heart. Right. One time I might've said that at the wrong time and someone was like, and I, I just, that's truly like my heart. I'm like, we're all winners. Right. <laughs> um, that has to be but, a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Andre Day, what she did with that role was just phenomenal. There were so many twists and turns and it was such a wide range for her to show. So, I mean, it's just, I'm really proud for her. I'm really happy for her, especially because I think this was her first really big role, right? It was. Yeah. And I just, that's so inspiring. So how can I not look up to that? And like, Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like I said, that, like, it, first of all, yes, it was her first major role. And I was like, for someone who's just jumping into the acting scene, that, because if you actually go back and look at Billie Holiday, some of her mannerisms, how she spoke, spot on. I was literally blown away. And that doesn't happen often. So, you know, a lot of people say I'm a contrarian. I will say this, in the Oscars this year, there are three things I care about, right? Obviously, I want two distant strangers to win, right? Because I'm biased there. But, you know, there's no true losers. When you're out, when you're nominated in, in the Oscars, that's still a win. I want Andre Day to win for Billy Holiday, and I want Judas to win for Next Picture. Yeah. Outside of that, good luck. Yeah. Okay, so so I want to wrap this up. I know you have a busy. I want you to enjoy your Saturday. I know you're at the Oscars tomorrow. Is there anything that you want people to know about Zari? Because, you know, you are fairly unknown. Not anymore, right? What is something you want the world to know about Zari? I'm coming for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I want the world to know, because I'm coming for them, is... I've wanted to do what I'm doing right now for my entire life. And I think that at a young age, whether we know it or not, we know what we love to do before we've heard no so many times before we've been under the pressure of taxes and debt and rent. And I think that when you follow that piece of yourself and when you listen to the little voice inside the child inside of you, that you benefit your life and other people's lives. So I guess my biggest mission on this earth in this life is to empathize and to connect with people and to change the world for the better and leave it better off once I, once I 
I love it. Gandhi said, be the change. And you're doing that literally. You say you're coming for everyone's spot. So I'm going to wash my back with everything I do now. Since you're <laughs> that um, thank you for joining us. I don't want to say good luck, but break a leg. That's part of the Oscars. I have a very good feeling about it. And congratulations. And thank you for being with us. Ladies this and gentlemen, Daria Sloan, two distant strangers. Thank you. <laughs>